Welcome everyone to Line of Home Loans or Lunel Home Loans. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Today is July 6th, Wednesday. Um, today's episode is dedicated to mortgages. Previous episode was on credit history or credit cards, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you for tuning in to everyone and tuning into those. Um, if you want to know more about my other podcasts, other episodes, please go to my channel. Um, my first episode is about me. Um, my other episodes include auto loans, obviously credit cards, credit, and uh, basic banking. So, and uh, now we're moving into another to another form of basics, and this is the basics of mortgages. So for today's um, podcast, I'm going to be describing what a mortgage is, where to get one, uh, what's wholesale mortgage versus a portfolio mortgage, how to qualify for a mortgage, the things are that are used to help a person qualify for a mortgage, the determinants, the factors. Um, the difference between a mortgage and a deed, um, the different types of mortgages, different types of mortgages, different programs, um, followed by uh, an example of a mortgage parameter, so the guidelines, what lenders or banks or institutions use to help you qualify, how to stay within those parameters, and last but not least, uh, the mortgage crisis uh, that happened in 2007 and 2009, how that happened, what made it really happen. Um, and why it probably will never happen again, but it's still a good thing to cover so people understand, you know, exactly what happened 10 years ago and how things are so much different now. So we'll go ahead and start it off with, um, what is a mortgage? So a mortgage is a loan from a bank or another financial institution that helps a borrower purchase a home. Um, the collateral for the mortgage is a home itself. So what that means is that if the borrower doesn't make any monthly payments or stops making payments to the lender, um, what is happening is uh, the loan becomes it goes into default. So once it's defaulted, then uh, the lender um, has the right to either to sell the home to recoup its money. Now it doesn't happen right away, but it could take a time after you know after missing so many mortgage payments. Um, uh, the bank or the lender usually gives you a chance to to catch up with your payments, but if it's not the case, then they will go ahead and they will sell the house and they'll do that to recoup their money. So that's what a mortgage is. And it's pretty much similar, same thing as a deed. Um, and um, uh, both mortgages and deeds are almost exactly the same. There's just a few differences. I'll I'll say that I'll, I'll describe what that is. And um, you'll find mortgages in some states and deeds in others. But for now, let's move on to the next thing, which is uh, where to get a mortgage. So you can find a mortgage at your local bank, your local community bank, your local credit union, um, mortgage companies. Um, there's online mortgage companies such as uh, Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. Um, there's wholesale mortgage companies like United Wholesale Mortgage, um, HomePoint, uh, Finance of America. And you can also find uh, a mortgage through a mortgage broker. And uh, that's what I am. I, I'm a mortgage broker and I work for a, a lender who's a direct lender who, um, you know, does mortgages as well, but then also, uh, offers other mortgages from other mortgage companies. So we broke, so we broker it off. Um, a few of those mortgage companies I just mentioned are actually, uh, the, the companies that we work with, the, the mortgage companies. So that's where you can find a mortgage, you know, to a, a mortgage broker, a direct lender, a bank, a credit union, a mortgage company. Now, um, there, there's two types of mortgages and this is more on the, on the, on the mortgage company side, not on the client side. Um, there's wholesale mortgages and there's portfolio mortgages. So a portfolio mortgage is pretty much a mortgage that a bank lends itself directly, but it ends up keeping the mortgage. 
Um, so an example of a, of an institution, a financial institution that does that is a bank, like a national bank. For example, Bank of America, a Chase Bank, a Citibank, a credit union. Um, these, these mortgage banks, or these banks, I'm sorry, they, they lend the money directly to the client and they usually hold that mortgage as an investment. Um, every once in a while, they do sell it off to the secondary market, but for the most part, they actually keep those, those mortgages. Um, and as people know, uh, usually the rates are, um, lower when it comes to a, a mortgage company, when it comes to a bank versus a mortgage company. However, it's not always the case, but the majority of time it is. However, because the bank is lending out their own money, that means that um, it's a little more strict. Um, and, and they're very uh, conservative when it comes to banks and who they, they do the mortgage with. So they're, they're, they have specific parameters or, or numbers or ratios or, or, or things that you have to qualify in order to get a mortgage with them. And at the end of the day, they're, they're doing that because they're lending their own, their own money. And a borrowed applicant... Um, you know, you're a risk, the person's a risk. So, um, and the way that banks work is, you know, whatever money you deposit to a bank, they turn that around and they, and they lend it out to people in the form of, you know, auto loans, credit cards, and mortgages. So in order for them to make the most of the money that's being, uh, you know, given to them by, by account holders, they, they have to lend it out and make sure that whoever they lend it out, they're very careful with. Otherwise they can have taken a loss. So, um, that's a that's a that's a more that's a that's that's a portfolio mortgage. Now there's a wholesale mortgage. Um, those are a little bit different. A wholesale mortgage company um, like a UWM or a Finance of America. A UWM, by the way, is United Wholesale Mortgage or Finance of America HomePoint. Um, these these mortgage companies they lend out directly to the client as well. Um, sometimes they're retail, so they they have uh, loan officers or they go through a mortgage broker. Um, but what they do though. Is that they uh they lend out the, the loan the mortgage and they go ahead and they sell it off right after it's done right after it's it's been extended to the client they go and sell off that mortgage um, when I say sell it off I mean they sell off the servicing so a third company might collect the mortgage company collect the mortgage payments and they'll sell it off to an investor in the secondary market and the secondary market um it's it's pretty much just you know mortgage companies what they do is they pull a bunch of bunch of mortgages. And they hold this sell it off like a, like an, as an investment, like a, for example, like the stock market. And you know, investors they go ahead and they buy these pools or, or these these bundles of mortgages. Um, you know, the players in this in this in this secondary market are is the U.S. government, it's a hedge funds, it's investment banks, um, it's even private investors, private investors from other other um, other countries. So there's a lot of players that go involved in that. So um, the mortgage industry, there's a lot of money to be made because there's a lot of parties involved. First of all, in the creation of a home, under the building of it, the construction, the materials being used, the real estate agent used to sell the house, the loan officer used to help the, the applicant or the borrower get the house, uh, the appraiser who pretty much gives a value on the house. Um, and then, you know, of course, the mortgage company who lends out the money or the bank. And then, of course, they sell it off to the secondary market. So. You know, the, the real estate market, the mortgage mortgage market, there's a lot of people invest into it. And it's actually one of the best industries out there because so many people get are involved in one transaction. So it's, it's one of the best things to do is to buy houses. And it's actually one of the best things you can do to help uh, boost the economy is by purchasing homes. Um, so now that we know where to get one, uh, the question is, how do you qualify? So when 
when so when trying to qualify for a mortgage, you have to submit an application. And like I said, you can do that at like I mentioned earlier at the different sources. And what you do is submit an application. And on the application, what they're going to be asking pretty much is your name, your social security, your date of birth. Um, they're going to be asking for all your sources of income. Um, for example, your W-2, your pay stubs. Um, if you if you were if you're self-employed, your 1099, um, your bank statements, all your bank statements, your checking account, your savings accounts. If you do any investment banking or you have investment portfolio like an E-Trade or Fidelity or um, or Robinhood, um, even, you know, um, and, and even some you can even use some of your assets or liquid assets from your crypto, depending on on which lender, though. So it's not the same for all of them, but that is one thing you can start doing now. It's getting more popular. Um so they they so they, they pretty much try to get all your all your cash flow, all your income. And they also ask for all your, your debt. Uh when I say debt I mean like your expenses, your your um your monthly expenses. And I'm not, I'm not talking about you know your gas or your your live your utilities or, or your streaming services. Uh I mean like what's on your credit report, what you borrow for like an auto loan, a credit card balance, uh a personal loan, a line of credit, um another mortgage. So um what you owe and what you make that goes into an application, um, and they like to and they like to you know there's specific numbers or ratios that to use. They want to make sure that you make more than enough than what your your expenses are. So uh, for example, um, if you were trying to uh, uh, apply for uh, I believe a, a VA loan, which is a veterans veterans loan, um, it's it's for um, those who served in the military or serving in the military or already have served in the military. And uh, what they do is you pretty much have these ratios where it's up to 50%. So what that means is that they get all your expenses. They show up in your credit report and they divide it by how much you make uh, monthly. And those expenses, it needs to cap off at 50%. So that's an example. Um, so there's two there's two ratios for the debt to income ratio. There's the front end and the back end. The front end is just pretty much the mortgage payment. And that's the principal, the interest, the taxes, insurance divided by your monthly income. And then we go into your back end ratio, which now which includes like which I mentioned earlier, the uh, the principal insurance tax insurance sure for that um, is PITI. And then they'll but they but they include that and they include your um, monthly expenses, like what they see in your credit report. Um, not only that, but it also if you owe back taxes, if you owe um, anything to like uh, unemployment insurance, um, any liens, any judgments, child support, they group all these things together and that and and they and and they come up with the monthly uh, uh, total monthly expense, and there's only so much that you can have a percentage. Um, and like I said, they get that total and they divide it by your monthly income. And there has to be a specific uh, top off number that they can do. Um, so um, <laughs> that was my cat, sorry. <laughs> but um, so that they so they they get those those ratios that that goes that goes into it. Um, another thing of course is your credit history. Like I said, they made you look at your credit report for your expenses. But they looked at your credit report, your credit history, your credit score. So um, they look at your, you know, what the minimum credit is for these different programs, different mortgage types that have a minimum of credit score that you need to have and what you need to have on your credit report. And when I say what you have in your credit report, I mean how many trade lines on there. Um, if it shows your income on there, if it shows your address on there. Um, I'm sorry, not your income, but your, your employment. Um, what's important is how many accounts you've had on there. Um, not necessarily the mixture of accounts, the type of accounts, whether it's a credit card, a loan, or another mortgage is important, but they just want to see that you already have established credit. And um, different lenders have different um, uh, amount of, of trade lines they want to see on there. 
And so they want to see a specific amount and they want it to be seasoned for a certain amount of time. By seasoned, I mean like it has to be, that account has to be either uh, existing in your credit report, either it's open or closed for a minimum of sometimes 12 months or 24 months um, and, and a specific number of trade lines, like it has to be three or four of those. So these are a lot of the things that go into um, the mortgage application. Um, another thing that goes into it as well is sometimes your age. And that could be like for a reverse mortgage. A reverse mortgage is a mortgage for people who are um, 55 and up uh, for certain for certain mortgage uh, programs. But for most of them, it's 62 and up. Um, also, do the area you're in, whether it's a rural area or the, the house you're trying to buy it, if it's rural, if it's in a metro area. There's a lot of things that go into the application. Um, so those are the few things that, that, that go into the application and, and information that's seeked by, um, by, uh, by lenders. Now, uh, the next thing is, uh, what, what a mortgage versus a deed is. I mentioned that earlier. So, uh, they're pretty much the same. There's just one significant difference. When it comes to a mortgage, a mortgage is an agreement, um, or, or a loan, a loan note between a borrower and a lender. So you, the applicant, are the borrower and the lender is the bank or the mortgage company the institution. Um, and a deed is just the same participants, the same parties, a lender and a borrower, but there's a third party. And that party um, holds rights to the um, to the real estate until the loan is either paid or the borrower defaults. And um, once the loan is paid, then the that third party then releases a deed of trust or releases the, the lien so that... Um, the bar can now have 100% ownership over the house and the titles in their name and whatnot. So there's there's more differences to mortgage and deed, but that's just one of the biggest difference. Um, and different states have uh, mortgages and different states have deeds, but they mostly, you know, it's either one or the other. But um, you know, for the, it's it's kind of split. But uh, for the most part, that's too much. It's one of the biggest differences. Like there's other differences in terms of the foreclosure process, the repayment process. Um, uh, how to release a lien, a quick a quick claim deed. So there's different different there's other differences, but the biggest one just for the basics for today's episode is that you know the, how many parties are involved. So uh, now that we know what that is, let's move on to the next topic, which is pretty much the different mortgage types. So there's there's a numerous amount of different mortgage types out there. Most people think it's just a a fixed rate and you pay that, but there's not. There's different programs. There's different. Um, uh, uh, products are being offered by uh, by banks and lenders. Um, so let's start off with what they are. So the first one actually is a um, a conventional loan. So a conventional loan is a loan that's made for for borrowers with good credit scores. Good credit scores are usually 650 or 680 and up and higher. There are jumbo loans. Um, a jumbo loan is pretty much a loan for um, for someone who has really good credit and they want to buy a big expensive house so um they're, they're called jumbo mortgages because these loans they fall outside of specific limits that are by the uh, by the fha and and these these jumbo loans are usually in high cost areas like los angeles san francisco new york city big metro places and um and the state of hawaii so because these home prices are so big sometimes regular mortgages have their limits or like fha mortgages have their limits and um these these and that's what these that's what these jumbo loans exist for so that because there's certain limits that are conforming loans and these jumbo limits um they exceed them so this is how you know this is a way to get a home with with the with the jumbo loan another one is called a government insured loan um the three most popular examples are probably the only ones really a few of them 
are um, the FHA loans, uh, the US, uh, USDA loan, and the VA loan. So um, an FHA loan is backed up by the, by the FHA, which is the Federal Housing Association. I'm sorry, administration. Um, and these are loans that help people um, uh, help borrowers get their first home, get to get help them, you know, get, get given the possibility of buying their first house with having uh, with having to make such a big down payment. Uh, most people think that you need 20 percent, but that's not the fact. I mean, that's a good number to have to save up for. But uh, especially with today's housing prices, it, it's really difficult to get that. But um, like I said, it's an FHA loan is to help people. Our borrowers get home ownership without having to bring 20% down and without having a 700 credit score. Um, the minimum FICO score for, a, for an FHA loan is 580. And all you need to do is bring us 3.5% down. Now, um, you know, with having to bring so much down, however, you do have to make up for the fact that you only, such a, you only owe such a little bit. You only put down such a little bit, so you have to pay some kind of mortgage insurance premium. Um, and and that's that's pretty much a premium that, it's actually made for the for the lender for the protection of the lender, just in case you don't end up um, making the payments or something happens. Um, then the insurance that insurance policy will go ahead and cover and 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 help the the, the lender or the borrower or the bank um, recoup their money. Um, there's another there's, there's also uh, another type of loan called the USDA loan. I go more into these loans specifically in in a different episode, and and that will be. Um, the minimums, the, 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 the pros, the cons, the closing costs, different things that go into it. And, um, and, and, and I'll, I'll share those specific, um, pros and cons of those different mortgages in the future. Um, but for right now, I will go ahead and, um, I'll continue with the VA loan. So a VA loan is uh, a loan that's for um, the military, members of the military. And it's a it's a flexible, um, low interest mortgage, and um, it's 100% financing, so you don't have to put you don't have to put any down payment at all. Um, there's no mortgage insurance in, uh, needed, or even a minimum credit score, and the closing costs are really capped, um, and they can actually be paid by the seller. Um, there is a funding fee though, and that's a percentage of the loan amount. Um, and that can actually be paid in upfront or it can be rolled into the, into the cost of the loan. Um, a third one is a USDA loan. Now this is a loan that helps moderate, uh, to low income borrowers by homes in rural states. Um, in order to purchase a home with this type of loan, it has to be USDA eligible area and has to meet certain income limits to qualify. So not all houses can qualify. It has to be like a low minimum, uh, median around the area, the, the, um, uh, the income limits. Um, now, some USDA loans don't actually require down payment for some for certain borrowers with low income, uh, but there are extra fees. Like there is an upfront fee of one percent of the loan amount, uh, which can actually be financed into the loan, and it can be an annual fee as well. As well. So uh, the pros of a government insured loan is pretty much they help you finance a home um, if you can't qualify for a conventional. The credit requirements or the the, the minimums are more relaxed. You don't need a big, large down payment. Like I said, it's helped. To, it was created to help borrowers buy their first home, um, and it's available to repeat and for first-time buyers. And like I said, there's no mortgage insurance included, and um, there's no down payment. Now, this is for for for, for I'm talking about specifics for VA loans. Um, now another type of loan is called a fixed-rate mortgage. Now these are these are specifically um, a lot of mortgages are fixed-rate. 
but a fixed rate means that that the monthly principal and the interest are going to be paid monthly throughout the life of the loan. So it, it's it's never going to change. Um, now a different one, similar to a, a fixed rate, but the opposite of it is called adjustable adjustable rate mortgage. Now an adjustable rate mortgage is it's not stabilized like or it has no stability like a fixed rate loan. It actually fluctuates, and what fluctuates is the interest rates. And the interest rates fluctuate according to what the market conditions are. Um, so, but there are there are many um, adjustable rate mortgage products that have a fixed rate for a few years, but then it changes to a, a variable interest rate for the remainder of the term. So, for example, like you might see a seven-year or six-year monthly um, arm, which means that you're going to you're going you're, that your rate will remain the same for the first seven years, and then adjust every six months after that initial period. Um, so that that's an example of a of an arm. So an arm was pretty much made for people who don't have the best credit, um, and uh, it's helped it's it's to help them qualify because the monthly mortgage payments are obviously going to be you know lower, and and they can afford it. Um, and like I said, you don't have to have the best credit, so it's just for people who who are having a hard time with a fixed rate or a conventional mortgage. So that that's a way to help them get a mortgage at least to get their foot their foot in the door. Um, there are other types of loans called uh, construction loans. Um, so if you want to build a home, a construction loan is a, is a perfect one. Um, you can decide to either get a separate construction loan for the project and then a separate mortgage to pay it off, or you can wrap them together. And this is called a construction to permanent loan. Uh, you typically have a higher down payment for a construction loan, and you need to prove that you can afford it. So there's your documentation that's included in that. Um, there's also interest-only mortgages. Um, with this, the borrower only pays interest. Um on the for the loan for only a set period of time after that time is over usually between five to seven years your monthly payment increases and um and then you start actually paying your your principal now with this type of loan you won't build equity as quickly because it's just interest you're not putting anything towards a principal um that's because only you're, you're paying interest but this is this this loan is really the best for people who want to sell or refinance or for those who expect to live um you know, who can expect to reasonably expect to afford a higher monthly payment later. So um, like you would want to get that maybe if you're going to live in an area only for a few amount of years and then you're going to move out sooner or later. So there's no point of putting so much on a big mortgage payment. Like let's say your job takes you somewhere and you relocate to a whole new city, and a whole new state, but you don't want to pay rent. You actually want to have a mortgage because you want to take advantage of the, the, the tax deductible. You can, you know, use your interest on that. Um, so, um, so you would buy a house and then you only live there for a certain amount of years and then you sell it. But but you're, you're making a mortgage payment and you're only paying the interest only. You're not paying the principal, so you're not making you're not making big payments. So this is a way of, of obtaining a house for a short amount of time and then you can go and you can sell it later. Um, another type of loan is called a balloon mortgage. This is a, a loan mortgage um, where you you usually um, you you pay a specific a smaller amount during a certain time during the loan period and then you start and then you make one large payment at the end of the loan to pay the whole thing off um uh, you'll so this is like a, like i said it's a blue payment so you just make small payments and then at the end you pay the whole mortgage off um a lot of people don't really apply for that loan because um the large payment can sometimes scare people off but um it is it is another type of um of, of loan out there um, aside from that type of loan, there's also um, other loans called non-QM loans. These loans are loans that are alternate documentation loans, which means that you won't find them at a bank. 
you'll find them through a mortgage company or a direct or a different type of lender like a um, like a UWM, like I mentioned earlier, a HomePoint, a Finance of America. Um, you'll you'll find it at these type of mortgage companies because they these these companies know that not everyone is going to fall into a conventional loan or a, a government insured, insured loan like an FHA or VA loan. Sometimes people um, have a hard time showing their income um, or or they don't have the best of credit. So that's why these other types of of um of loans uh are available out there, and you can use, you can find them like I said through specific lenders or through your mortgage broker. For my, for example, myself, I have a wide variety of access to different loans, from the ones we just mentioned to these new loans called the new, new non QM loans. Now, a few examples of these are bank statement loans, where they use only um your bank statements to help you qualify uh, for some amount of years, maybe like for one or two years. Another one are investment loans. Actually, these are pretty much everywhere you can buy an investment loan. Actually, at a bank as well. But there's um the but there's a specific um, investment loan called a um a, a debt service ratio loan, which means that what they do is they don't qualify the loan on how much you make, rather how much rent the house is going to get. And then you have to you have to try to at least match the rent and the mortgage. Um, and it has to be you know at least one to one. Or sometimes if, if you can get more for the rent than what the mortgage is, and that's great. That means you're making money. But like I said, there's different types of other loans out there, and this is one of them. Another one is a no-debt income loan. No debt, that's an income, no document loan. So what that is, pretty much, it's a mortgage where they don't ask you for your income. They don't ask you for your employment. This is driven pretty much on your credit report, on your credit score. So it's driven by your credit. It's underwritten by your credit, I'm sorry. And by your liquid funds, they so say they want to see how much money you have in the bank or in your in your accounts, liquid money, and um, they want you to put a hefty down payment, and you have to have a good credit score. Now these these rates are not necessarily the highest. I'm sure they're not the lowest or the highest actually on the other on the other side of the spectrum, because they're not asking for your employment or for your income. But at the same time, it's better than nothing. So you know these are this is some this is a loan to get your foot in the door. And then maybe eventually after a while, after you're able to show your income and you know you show your taxes, your tax returns and whatnot, uh, which is something I actually mentioned to Phil earlier. So part of the application is also showing your tax returns. The last two years, your tax returns. So in this in this specific mortgage, you won't need that as, as well. Um, and it's like I said, it's credit driven. It's driven your liquidity and how much your reserves are. Reserves are how many mortgage payments you can make, um, what your down payment is. And that'll help you qualify for this type of loan. I have access to the loan. So if anyone wants to know more about it. Uh, please reach out to me and I can help you with that. Another one that looks like similar to it is called a stated income loan. That loan is pretty much a loan which you're pretty much seeing how much you make or what your employment is, but you're actually not providing any actual documentation for it. You're just stating it. That's why it's called a stated income loan. It's very similar to the no dog, no debt income loan we just mentioned earlier. Another one is called a, uh, a reverse mortgage. So a reverse mortgage is exactly what it sounds like. It's the opposite of a regular mortgage. Regular mortgage, a foreign mortgage, you make payments, principal interest, or like I mentioned earlier, sometimes interest, sometimes principal, you know, um, or a balloon. But the point is you make, you, you're paying monthly, you're paying a little bit of both or, or just both of it, um, you know, uh, a certain percentage of each one and the balance goes down and you build up equity. With a reverse mortgage, you don't make any payments at all. Um, instead, your balance just increases time over time over time. And then, um, eventually, um, you can um, eventually for this type of loan, usually get it when you're in your 50s or 60s, which is a requirement is the age. 
and then let's say you know you get you get the reverse mortgage and it's a um you know as a borrower you pass away 30 or 40 years later once you pass away that's when the mortgage is due so that mortgage balance is going to be the principal and the interest um that can happen that way or it could be when you want to just sell the house you haven't passed away you sell the house 50 20 years later and that's when that mortgage is due or you're living in another house and not the house anymore that's when the mortgage is due so that's a reverse mortgage I'll have an episode where I go more directly at the specifics of a reverse mortgage, how it works, uh, the myths, the truths about it, and and actually, you know, how it's a it's a big advantage to you now, and um, how it's changed, um, and how different ways you can use it. Another one is an alternate doc loan. So that one is a loan where um, you don't have to have two years worth of tax returns. Um, where, like for example, um, you can use have one year tax return. You only show your bank statements. Or you own, like I said, your one year tax return or none, or use your bank statements, or you qualify with a 1099. Um, so these are alternate doc loans. Um, they don't come with the high, with the lowest interest. Again, it's a little bit higher, but it is something to help you get your foot in the door. And eventually when you do have all the proper documentation and you want to go full documentation, then you can go for a convention loan and get a really low interest rate. You just refinance. So it's just a good, it's just a good mortgage to get your foot in the door. Another one is a foreign national loan. And that's exactly what it sounds like. It's for loans for people living outside the United States. Um, and you know, and those have very specific parameters about, you know, whether that person has a, a visa or they don't have a visa. Um, if they have to show credit, credit history from the country they're in or, or not. Um, another thing also, how much the down payment that they bring to the table. Um, if the house is going to be, um, you know, rent it or not. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of requirements for that type of loan, but that is another possible one. Um, uh, for example, let's say you live in a different country, you want to buy a property in the United States, but you don't live there. Well, this would be the loan for you. So like I said, those are the type of loans that are out there. The most popular ones, um, that you can find, uh, at a mortgage broker or a direct lender. Um, you really can't find these at, at credit unions or banks or community banks or national banks because they don't offer these because, um, these are alternate loans and they're much more riskier. And like as I mentioned earlier, those, those, those banks I just mentioned right now, uh, the national banks, the credit unions, the community banks are very conservative and they like to keep their risks to a minimum. So um, if you're having a hard time trying to qualify with them, go to a mortgage broker as myself and we can, I can help you find a program that fits for you and fits your lifestyle and, and fits your financial situation. Um, so now that we've finished pretty much that let me give you an example of a mortgage and the parameters of the guidelines of a mortgage um, aside from the application and the credit report there's very specific parameters for all types of programs all the ones i mentioned earlier and um the things that go into a program which i'm gonna list a few of them and um i'm actually going to use the va program which is one of the best programs like i mentioned earlier um and it's from the, the you know all members of the military uh, former or current members and what they look at pretty much for like a VA loan uh, things that they look at is the the, the type of uh, you know property you're going to be buying if it's one unit if it's one to four units um, they have amounts of uh, the base loan amount that you, that you can borrow the the met there's a maximum to how much you can borrow there's a minimum for credit scores um, there's also um what else? There's 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 a minimum for cash out refinances. Um, 
Another thing that the parameters go into is the different products and terms. If they, some of them are adjustable, some of them are fixed. Um, uh, for example, the VA loan, there's a, there's a 30 year, there's a 25, there's a 20, there's a 15, and there's an, there's an adjustable rate version of it, and that's a five to one. Um, also, um, the, the products also, the, 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 the amounts that you can borrow depending on how many units also depends on what state in the United States. So for example, a one unit in the United States, for most states, it's 548,000. Um, in Alaska and Hawaii, it's 822,000. Um, and the maximum base, the maximum base loan amount for a VA loan is $2 million. Um, there's also very specific structures to, um, for example, like the, like the adjustable rate mortgage. It gives you a margin and floor, which is the 2%, the cap structures, um, if it's conversion options. Um, another thing that's hold that, that's in the parameters is the occupancy. For a VA loan, um, it has to be a primary residence for the VA. Um, so that means that you can't, and that means you can't, a second home or investment home won't qualify for a VA loan. So these are the parameters that you need to know or that you can ask your mortgage broker or loan officer to see if you even qualify. And what they do after they collect all your information and you tell them what your requests are, they'll see which ones you fall into and, and, um, they'll see if you fall into their parameters. Um, another thing that goes into the parameters or the guidelines of a specific mortgage product, mortgage product is the underwriting method. It's the bar eligibility. For example, when you're a VA, you have to um, show that you have a that you're that you're that you're a veteran. You have to document entitlement with a certificate of eligibility. You have to have a social security number. Um, you can you cannot be suspended or debarred from participating in federal programs. Um, there's also the eligible properties that qualify, like I said, single family units. Um, condominiums are approved. VA condominium, VA approved condominiums. Um, two to four unit residentials. The ones that don't qualify, that's another thing about primaries. They'll see which type of properties don't qualify. Those are co-ops, uh, leaseholds, mobile homes won't qualify. Properties held in a community trust. Another thing that goes over the mortgage in the parameters are the funding fees, how much the down payments are, um, your credit score, the credit, um, uh, the, they usually some, they usually mortgage programs, you know, they, 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 when they run your credit, they run all three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax. Um, and, uh, they want you to show that at least you have a, a at least a minimum of two scores with at least two of those three, um, reports. Um, it'll say what kind of traditional trade lines you can have on there. If it's traditional, like credit cards, auto loan mortgages or non-traditional, like, um, like a utility bill or you're paying rent. Um, those are non-traditional credit, um, for the VA loan, it's not allowed, but another thing they can look at also is your credit history. Um, they want to see how many derogatory things you've had on your, on your credit report on the last 12 months. Some don't want anything at all. Some only want a minimum. Um, if they, by derogatory, I mean collections, late payments, charge-offs on those type of things. Um, uh, some of the credit history also, they want to see, you know, if you have any rental history, on the last 24 months, if you, if you can prove it by showing some kind of verification of rent or canceled checks. Um, they also, another thing that goes into it is if you have any significant derogatory things, if you have, if you file for bankruptcy, there's any judgments, any collections. Um, also, uh, you know, and also one of the things in what states 
this mortgage program is qualified in. It's not some mortgage are not all qualified in all programs in all states. I'm sorry. Um, so these are the different things that go into it. Uh, the different parameters that go into. There's more more than just that I just mentioned earlier, but as you can see, um, uh, there's a lot of things that go into getting a mortgage. Um, the closing costs, the down payments, the credit history, the type of mortgage, the arm, the fixed, the um, the credit what shows up in your credit report, um, your citizenship. Um, your credit score, how what you have in your credit with credit report, all these different things go into a, a guidelines and the parameters. And like I said, different programs have different parameters, and even some programs are similar or pretty much the same, but there'll be slight changes from lender to lender. So now that you know more or less what goes into the parameters, let's talk about let's finish this episode off with the cause of the subprime mortgage crisis. This is an article I found online on the balance, thebalance.com. The name of the article is The Cause of Subprime Mortgage Crisis. It was written by Kimberly Amadeo, and it was um, updated and reviewed this year in um, January 29, 2022. So I'm just going to give you a quick summary of what it is. I'm going to read a couple of things from this article, and I'll pretty much you know, detail point by point what exactly happened in 2007 and 2009. Um, so what is happening are, are the beginning of this article is that, you know, the hedge funds, banks and insurance companies caused the subprime mortgage crisis. So hedge funds and banks created a mortgage backed securities and the insurance companies covered them with the credit default swaps. So demand for, for, for mortgages led to an asset bubble in the housing. So when the federal rates Raise the federal funds rate, which is the rate that they use to to um, uh, uh, that that affect loan pro- uh, loan products. Um, it, it sent the adjustable mortgage rates skyrocketing. Remember when I, I mentioned earlier about adjustable mortgage mortgage uh, adjustable rate mortgages, how they fluctuate according to what's going on in the economy. Sometimes they're really low, sometimes they're really high. So when this happened, these rates went so high that people couldn't afford the mortgage anymore. So what happened is that home, home prices plummeted. And uh, borrowers defaulted. So derivatives spread the risk into every corner of the globe. And this caused the 2007 banking crisis and the 2008 financial crisis, pretty much the Great Recession. Um, and it's been the worst recession we had since the Great Depression of, uh, I believe, in the 1920s, 1929. So the hedge funds actually played a key role in the crisis. So hedge funds are always under tremendous pressure to outperform the market. Um, they created demand for mortgage-backed securities by pairing them with guarantees called credit default swaps. Now, you're probably thinking, what could go wrong? Well, nothing until the Fed started raising interest rates. Uh, those with, with those armed mortgages couldn't make these high payments, so a demand fell, and so did the housing, the housing prices. Now, when, when people couldn't sell their homes, they ended up defaulting. They, went, they got a foreclosure, some filed for bankruptcy. And that pretty much made these securities uh, worthless or useless now. Um, one of these hedge funds company, the American International Group, they pretty much almost went bankrupt trying to cover their insurance because of what happened. So uh, because of the sub-mortgage prime crisis, it caused a deregulation. So um 1999, the banks were allowed to act like hedge funds. This is what started everything. And um, they also invested depositors' funds, the money that, they lend, that, they, that, you, that you put your money in account. They uh, deposited into outside hedge funds. Um, so this, that's exactly what happened. So another thing that, that caused it was uh, one of the derivatives that drove the subprime prices were like the banks and the hedge funds. And um, they had so much money 
that they're selling mortgage-backed securities that they soon created a huge demand for underlying mortgages. So pretty much what was going on was banks were pretty much letting anyone qualify for a mortgage knowing that they couldn't, they, they didn't make enough money and they didn't have good credit. That's pretty much what happened. And they got all, like I mentioned earlier, they got all these mortgage-backed securities and they sold it in the secondary market. And once those rates went up, you know, um, those investments went down the drain. People started losing their houses. So really, what it really comes down to is just lenders, loan officers, mortgage companies being greedy. You know, charging a, a ridiculous costs on these mortgages, selling mortgages to people that never qualified to begin with, just getting anyone with a heartbeat to get a mortgage. And pretty much what ended up happening is they end up losing their houses. So because of that, you know, we went through some changes. There was several laws in place so that this would never happen again. And, um, you know, the banks had to get bailed out by the government, by certain laws, and but they made it more tougher. So the difference between now and then is that because all these laws and these regulations, there's minimums in credit history. Um, there's no more ridiculous um, costs for getting a mortgage. And there's documentation has to be um, submitted and verified. So not everyone can afford a mortgage now. Um, like I said, it is easier for some people with the mortgage products I mentioned earlier, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to qualify. You have to be able to make that mortgage payment every month. So, um, so that's what happened pretty much with the, um, with the mortgage crisis. Um, so it, and the thing is that, you know, the subprime mess, it, it, it spread to the banking industry. It caused a lot of feathers to run and it just, it, it, it made, it made a, big problem for everyone and obviously people lost their houses lost their jobs and you know the economy went down and and these banks had these houses and these lots that they couldn't sell because no one no one had the money to buy them and each month the maintenance of those houses was costing them money so that's why today we have so many different um laws to to make sure that this doesn't happen ever again um we make sure that people can qualify um that there's parameters that there's limits um, these mortgage companies, bank companies are now um, policed and, and, and regulated by different agencies to make sure that, you know, that they're doing their part and their due diligence and they're actually giving mortgages to people who actually qualify. There's nothing wrong with giving someone a helping hand by helping them qualify by by allowing uh, gift funds from from their family or friends or from their employers, um, you know, helping them um, not have the best credit or, or helping them show that a different source of income. But. Not showing any kind of source of income at all, not verifying anything at all, um, not having good credit, not making any down payments. Um, that wasn't good, and that's what pretty much caused it. So um, I know I mentioned earlier a mortgage where um, you don't show any income or employment, but you still have to put a hefty down payment, and you still have to have a good credit. So you know people usually with good credit, they usually have money they're working with. So there's obviously some kind of income. It shows it in there that they have a liquid in their bank account. And, um, you know, they're obviously making some kind of money. They're able to have such a good credit score because that means that they're borrowing money and they're paying it back on their, on their trail lines or their revolving credit cards on their auto loans. So, um, that's how, uh, that's how that, that specific one just to trade off with it. So, uh, a lot of things have changed. Um, will this happen again? No, it won't happen again because there's so many things that are different now. Um, so that pretty much ends this episode on mortgages. Um, uh, it went a little bit over. <laughs> I was trying to hit the 30 mark, but we got some good stuff done. Um, in the future, 
I do want to make specific episodes to a specific mortgage programs. Like I'll, I'll spend some more time on the, on the insurance, uh, uh, on the government insured loans, like the VA, the USDA, the FHA. I'll spend some more time talking about that, uh, no debt to income, no document loan. We'll talk about reverse mortgages. Um, I'll talk about investment property loans. Um, how to qualify for them. Um, you know, what's needed in them, the different mortgage programs out there, the different, um, incentives that they're giving out to their different companies. And I'm going to be bringing speakers to come and talk about their programs, uh, lenders. So you know more about that. Um, so I'll be going over mortgages again in the future. Right now we're just covering the basics. Um, tune into next week's episode. Next week will be on investments. Um, and when I say investments, I mean like the stock market. So I mean like, you know, buying stocks, bonds, ETFs, how that works. Um, you know, where, where to buy stocks, you know, with the exchanges, um, you know, the, the NASDAQ, uh, uh, SP, you know, the, those, those different exchanges that, that there are there to, to buy, the, to buy stocks. But not only that, but also the platforms or the brokers to help you buy those stocks, like Fidelity, um, E-Trade, a, a Robinhood. So I'm going to be talking about that. Um, I'm also going to be talking, like I said, in the future about other mortgage programs. Um, I'll be getting into crypto as well. I'm going to have someone come and talk about it, about that as well. And, um, I'll start even talking about, um, um, other, other financial uh, uh, topics. Um, even life insurance as well, because life insurance is actually needed. And for that, I'm going to have a guest speaker as well. So, um, and we're also going to go into business credit, how to establish business credit, what it is to have business credit, the advantages of business credit, um, what you can do with it. Um, that's going to be in another episode in the future. Um, so one more episode will go with all with just the basics, which will be the stock market. And then we're going to start going into more complex situations. Like I mentioned earlier, specific mortgage programs, the crypto market, um, and, uh, business credit. Uh, now that, you know, that we're going to know the basics, which is one more, one more episode left on the basics. And then we're going to start going into more complex situations. So, so uh, thank you again, once again, for tuning in tonight. Um, if you have any questions about this episode or, or questions about the, the you know, you want to comment, I'm, I'm going to be talking about or any questions you have for the, the future episodes. Like I said, you can always reach out to me. Um, you can go to my Instagram, you can go to my Facebook. My Instagram is Lonel Home Loans. So it's L-E-O-N-E-L-H-O-M-E-L-O-A-N-S. And you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, hear my podcast, you can reach out to me. If you have any questions, any comments, anything you want me to cover, I'll go ahead and cover in the next episode. Uh, even had, if, 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 whether it's about the topic or it's not, it's something completely different. I can always 